1: This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Waco. Online at allensamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednarz and the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
2: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. My name is John Morris, alongside Brooke Bednarz from Baylor Vision, and we're glad you're with us this week. Let's dive into Baylor football and a new member of Coach Dave Aranda's staff. Our guest this week is Austin Thomas, Senior Associate AD for football for Baylor University. Austin joins us remotely. Uh, You're in College Station, but Austin, appreciate you being on with us this week.
3: Well, thank you guys for having me on. I just feel so blessed to be part of the program. And uh, we were joking before before this thing started that I'm following up uh, Mac Rhodes and Kim Mulkey, and, and I don't know that I feel worthy of being on here yet.
2: But uh, we'll we'll do our best to to hold up to the standard that they've set. Oh, man,
0: happy to have you on here.
2: We definitely do. No, you fit right in and we appreciate <laughs> it. I think a lot of folks want to know more about you and your family and the football program and your role with the football program with Coach Aranda. Tell us your background. Uh, let's just start with your background going to, uh, leading up to how you got here to Baylor.
3: Sure. Um, I'll, I'll try to keep this really short. Grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, both my wife and I, uh, went to the University of Tennessee, um, actually graduated with my undergraduate degree from Lipscomb University in Nashville, a a small Christian school that doesn't have football, Um, then went back to the University of Tennessee to get my master's in sports administration, kind of got into um, recruiting and personnel there while I was getting my master's and uh, just kind of took off from there, went from uh, Tennessee to Southern Cal, I was there for three and a half years, and then um, in 2013, I guess at the end of the 2012 season went to LSU and was there until um, 2018 and went to Texas A&M and was there for the last couple of years. So uh, when Coach Aranda got this job, our relationship that we had um, previously from LSU, we knew each other really well and uh, it made it really easy to come up and and be part of his staff um, when you know who he is and kind of what he represents.
2: Now you say Texas A&M, like we should have some wild reaction to that. What do you expect? What kind of reaction do you expecting from us? Oh, <laughs> you no, to Baylor I'm, I'm not expecting A&M. any reaction. All positive. All <laughs> positive. That's the way we feel about it. We're glad you're here. Um, we're glad you're here at Baylor. And uh, what, what did you – when you went to school and, and, you know, when you were at Lipscomb, did you want to get into coaching or administration? Kind of what was your goal there?
3: Um, you know, I always had wanted to be a general manager, uh, and initially thought about that professionally, cause that was the only place it really existed and, uh, didn't really know how to get in because again, I was at a, at a small Christian school that didn't have, um, football number one and number two, I didn't play in college. So those are kind of two factors that, uh, kind of get people moving forward on the path and, and I didn't have either one of them. So, uh, you know, just. Uh, really thought after that that I you know, said, okay, if I can't get into sports and, and be a GM or be in administration, then maybe I'll be a sports agent. And so that was kind of what my focus was and uh, did my undergraduate in um, history and political science, to be, to be honest. And so I thought that was the route I was going to go and then went to Tennessee to get, again, my sports management master's uh, dropped into football, kind of fell in love with it. And from there, it, it, again, it just kind of took off. It was it was more so God putting me in the right place. And then when I was involved, just feeling that calling that, um, you know, hey, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. And and a lot of people uh, reached out and, and helped me grow and helped me learn. And, and I owe a, a bunch to them for, for getting me started in the industry.
0: We heard a, a little bit of a story when you were at Tennessee, kind of a big name coach came and helped his son and, uh, kind of switched your path, so to say, um, kind of tell us a little bit about that and what your thoughts were when he approached you and said, no, I think you should do this instead. You got to trust me.
3: I mean, just again, Brooke, it was God's plan. Um, Monty Kiffin had come with Lane from Tampa Bay. And of of course, one of, if not the most legendary coordinators in NFL history, um, you know I, I grew up in Tennessee my family went to school there and so I was kind of running the, the personnel and recruiting department as you all know sometimes just the way that athletics goes when a new coach comes in there's a lot of change and I guess that whatever it was they felt bad for me or I was just a, a, a little guy that you know didn't um, have a, a real title or anything I was just one of those guys in the back they kind of kept me around and found myself being really, really involved uh, through that process of change in recruiting and personnel and the evaluation of players. Um, And so about six months in, they they tried to, um, you know, get me to move over to the defensive side of the football. And of course, I had no interest in coaching, um, but they hired a personnel guy. And again, I'm getting my master's at the time. and, And Monty calls me down the hall and he says, hey, look, you know, I know you don't want to coach. I know this is not what you want to do, but you have to trust that I have bigger vision for you than you have for yourself right now. And if you want to get into management, if you want to get into administration, um, I've been where you want to go. And uh, people there, you know, there's a big rift. There, there's a gap between coaches and management and front office because they all come up um, you know, on one side or the other for the most part. And so they don't Really see eye to eye. They, they have different philosophies, different ways of thinking about things. And so he said, We need more people that can bridge that gap. And so, you know, I took a leap of faith and, and put a lot of trust in him. And um, it really, really paid off because he, he was a visionary. And I credit him with so much of my career and so much of my growth and, and where I've been and where I've been able to go.
0: How have you seen that gap already be bridged in the different steps throughout your career?
3: I think it's, um, it's been cool in that, you know, just like Coach Kiffin said, uh, having the ability to understand football, knowing the X's and O's, and, and being able to sit in on meetings and um, watch plays develop and why we do things and have an understanding of that, and then take that into uh, not only the recruiting and personnel world, but the administrative world as well. So when you, you know, you marry – what we're doing in our scheme and the fit and the type of players we're looking for to, you know, the recruiting process and and what kind of guys that we want to get on our team and how we want to build our roster and manage our roster. Um, I think it it connects, you know, hand in hand. And then you take that uh, over to the administrative side of things and you're able to present things to administration uh, for coaches in a way that, you know, it kind of connects that, connects that gap and and bridges the gap and then vice versa, you know, being able to work hand in hand with administrators and I've been blessed to work with with so many great ones um, throughout my career so far that you can go back the other way and you can see it from the administrative point of view and you're able to go and kind of put it in, in, not in terms like, you know, that you're, you're talking down to somebody, but just kind of in terms that everybody can understand and be on the same page and move forward with. And so Again, it's been a blessing to be able to to have that ability and connect those dots, but uh, it's, um, it's something that I'm, I'm forever grateful for for the people that have helped me get to that point, and it, it hasn't been all easy, that's for sure.
2: Austin, in layman's terms, and I think in, in the title of Jerry Hill's article about you uh, on the Baylor website, uh, you're referred to as the head coach off the field. Uh, I think that's pretty good. That's very descriptive, isn't it? I would say
3: that's pretty descriptive. Um, I obviously fall behind coach Aranda and, and he's our head coach and I take uh, a lot of my direction from him, but uh, I think having the, the intuition and the ability to, to self start and handle some of those things that, um, I don't want to bog him down with. And, and we want to keep him uh, moving forward and investing into our coaching staff and into our current players and, you know, their health and well-being and building this football team. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good description as far as, uh, taking the the majority of things off his plate that I can in order to help us have success.
2: The title, uh, and the term general manager, you know, is most often associated with, with professional teams, but you actually had that title when you were there at LSU. Uh, yeah. How did that? And I think that was very unique, right? Very groundbreaking to have that title with a college program. How'd that come about?
3: Um, it really was a, just a special opportunity. I had, um, you know, been at LSU and we had our situation with coach miles and then coach Orgeron, um, who I love and just respect so much. He, you know, had known, I had known him from my time at Tennessee and we were at Tennessee together because he came, uh, with coach Kiffin's staff and then, um, at Southern Cal together. And then, uh, at LSU, I was there a couple of years before coach Orgeron came. And so we had a really, really strong relationship and he, you know, when the change happened and Coach O took over, um, he called me in and said, you know what? I know you want to go to the next level. I know you want to be a GM one day in the, in the NFL, but I kind of want to break ground here and make you the first GM in college football. And so really was a, a special opportunity. And I'm forever grateful for him for, again, having that vision and allowing, you know, me to grow and learn and, uh, as I've said already, it wasn't always, um, easy. And, uh, I'll be the first to tell you, I didn't have all the answers and, and failed a, a bunch trying to, trying to grow and learn and feel my way through it. But I think, uh, it, you know, if you paid attention to the draft last week and LSU had 14 guys drafted, um, it really was validation to that process. And, um, kind of understanding that, that the role was not a power role, it was an organizational role. Again, a lot like Coach Aranda has here, just taking as much pressure off of the head coach as I can as far as um, roster management, recruiting, administration, hiring staff, to allow them to invest in our teams and, and build. So uh, Coach O, I give him a ton of credit for seeing that early and, and allowing me to help him grow that roster.
0: Speaking of your time at LSU, that's when you came across Coach Aranda. Um, He gets the head coaching job here at Baylor. What about Coach Aranda, whether it's just who he is as a person, how he coaches, um, because you got to see that firsthand. What made you so comfortable and confident to choose to come to Waco and follow him here?
3: I think when you meet Coach Aranda and you see who he is and you see how he reacts to people and... His genuine approach to people and relationship building and his ability to handle multiple things, but be a critical thinker and lead from his heart and invest just time and energy and so much into um, others and the transparency and vulnerability that he shows. uh, I think that just speaks volumes of who he is as a person and a leader. And just in growing with him over, over a couple, two to three years at LSU, you just really knew um, that he was, he was going to do great things because the, the humble approach that he took to everything he did and, and he was really unflappable. I mean, it was just like in just steady Eddie, never, never too high, never too low, um, but always, always, always invested in people. And, you know, it, it's amazing to see all that payoff. And so when he called and asked if I wanted to join him, I knew uh, pretty quickly that it was something that I, I was really, really wanted to do because I think um, just the way we see things, our approach and uh, it's very, very similar. So I'm just grateful for him and, and him thinking of me uh, to, to come here and join him. Truck month may be over elsewhere, but at Alan Samuels,
1: we drive forward. Ram Truck Month continues on Motor Trend's Truck of the Year. Choose from hundreds in stock or delivered with a snap of a finger through our multiple locations and partnerships. Alan Samuels follows best practices for a safe environment, easy turnkey online purchase, and credit apps and free pickup and delivery for any auto service. Waco's most trusted dealer, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Come by. Let's be
0: friends.
2: Bentwood Realty is a full-service real estate firm with more than 70 high-achieving agents who desire to make a positive impact in their local communities. Their agents stay actively involved in all buying, selling, and investing real estate transactions to make sure their clients receive the utmost level of service. Established in 2011 by brokers Kim Galvan and Rick Hines, both proud Baylor alumni, call Bentwood Realty today, 254-300-4800. They're at 601 Lake Air Drive in Waco and Bentwood Realty.com.
1: Now, back to the sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Fiat. We're
2: visiting with Austin Thomas, Baylor Senior Associate AD for football, on the sikkim Podcast, production of Baylor Athletics. Austin, uh, as the head coach uh, of all off field activities, uh, there's a lot more coaching going on off the field than there is on the field right now uh, under the COVID uh, re- you know, requirements and regulations. Where, where do you all stand? What can you do right now? What are you able to do under these recruiting regulations that are in place right now?
3: So with our current team, um, we're able to spend up to eight hours a week with them right now remotely. Um, none of that can include uh, workouts you know, so we can't direct them as far as physical activity, but we can do up to eight hours of, of meetings, installs. Um, we've been trying to do some unique things as far as just getting to know them and them getting to know us because we haven't spent a lot of time around them. We haven't had a spring practice. Uh, again, we're, we're at, a, at a real disadvantage being a new staff and, and coming in and something like this happening. And so we're trying to maximize the time that we have with our guys and just Um, show them who we are and and how much we care as we build uh, our team and our roster and and get ready for um, a season whenever and however that may come about. So uh, from a current roster standpoint, we're, we're always trying to, you know, just um, make sure that we're invested in our guys and they know that we're there for them Uh, as far as recruiting and uh, personnel go right now, really just trying to do some unique things uh, again, using, um, phone calls, which are allowed one phone call right now uh, during this period and using some uh, recruiting graphics and just the content that we're putting out and and trying to hit these guys that may not have a chance to come to campus anytime soon. So developing a, a deep connection with them and. Um, getting them and their family. It's a lot of the same, you know, you just want to show them who you are and kind of what you represent uh, more so as people than anything. Uh, I think the facilities and in Baylor university will sell itself, but For us, it's been more so the approach to try to um, develop those genuine relationships and and do some unique things as far as um, virtual visits and stuff to to get these guys uh, on the phone and let them see campus and let them see who we are as husbands and fathers and peers and um, brothers and, you know, just have our kids and wives and everything present. So those are some of the things that we're working on to try to get us through this time.
0: You get a lot of credit for uh, the LSU in your first couple of years there, their back-to-back top five signing classes, which obviously was a good class because as the whole college football world knows, they just finished as uh, national champions. But um, looking at this current recruiting, you know, obviously you have a lot of success in it, but what are some of the biggest challenges other than you know the physical aspects of them not being able to come here? and visit you guys. What's some of the things that you guys are having to overcome that maybe people like John and I wouldn't think about in this coronavirus situation that we're all in.
3: Um, Brooke, I think it's, it's really similar to what kind of what I just said. I think not having the, I, I, let me just back up Baylor, the people make the place. I, I think when you walk in to Baylor university or Baylor athletics You immediately get a feel for the people and and who they are and what they represent and just the standard of human being and the quality of human being that you get walking around this campus. And I think the biggest thing that we're having to overcome right now is that personal interaction that you have on campus, that you get face-to-face and, you know, these these meetings and calls and seeing them on FaceTime and, and that all helps. But at the end of the day, when when you're standing with someone and you're able to make that connection and you feel the presence of um, other people and, you know, just who we are and, and we can feel them and they can feel us, I think that that, that has been challenging because as much as they're trying to Um, pick a university in in the right fit for them, it goes both ways, right? We're trying to evaluate, um, you know, people as well and and people skills and and who these guys are and what their character is. And so really diving deep into that, I think that's an element that has kind of been lost uh, in this process right now. And and we're having to really rely a lot on strictly evaluation um, as opposed to as much of the total package as possible and having them on campus multiple times to, to learn who they are, learn who their families are and find the right fit because not everybody fits at every school. So.
0: Some other people that um, while you guys are having kind of that barrier between you and future recruits um, the rest of the the Baylor family is kind of having that with you guys. Um, That's why we're happy to have you on this podcast, get to know you a little bit more, but we would also like to, kind of go down your recruiting family tree, if you will, Um, if you could kind of virtually introduce us, I guess, to Larry McDonald and Vince Ginta and even Landry Walsh, who came with you from uh, Texas A&M.
3: Absolutely. We we have a great staff. I'm just so blessed to have the people that we have and uh, really, really think the world of all of them. Um, Vince Ginta, we'll start with him. He's associate AD for player personnel. Phenomenal person, does an excellent job, highly detailed, highly organized. Um, I did not know him or had not worked with him coming in. Um, he worked with Coach Aranda at Wisconsin. And so when uh, Coach Aranda was talking to me about you know coming up here, um, he mentioned Vince. And, and like I told him, I said, Coach, you, you know, this is your program. This is your team. I, I just want to be part of, of what you're doing. And so um, in meeting Vince and having known of him but not worked with him, um, just phenomenal, again, just people skills, organizational skills as a person, um, who he is and what he represents. I think he, he represents the Baylor standard really, really well. And so we're really, really excited to have Vincent leading that department and, and kind of um, on a day-to-day organizing what we do and how we see things in, in that uh, nature. Um, after that, we got Larry McDonald. Larry, uh, I, I knew from a and previously, uh, we worked together, uh, there for two years. He was, uh, you know, one of my best friends and, um, did not know him prior to getting to a and But once I got there, really, really, really developed a strong relationship as brothers. And I think it a lot like my relationship with coach Aranda and how we, uh, you know, just our moral compass kind of aligned. I, I think the same thing for Larry, Larry, uh, is a phenomenal human being, just a big teddy bear, salt to the earth type person, um, extremely hard worker and uh, people skills are, are really, really good. So um, when we got here and we wanted to invest more into recruiting and personnel, um, Larry was a guy that we weren't sure we could get, but uh, you know we, we wanted to target him and see if we could uh, go prior from Texas A&M and uh, we were able to do so, but just so thankful for him trusting Coach Aranda and trusting uh, myself and Vincent in order to uh, make us better because he does, he, he makes us better. And from a recruiting standpoint, he, he knows a lot of people in Texas and does an excellent job with the prospects and the parents. So blessed to have Larry and then um, Landry, uh, same situation, um, did not know her prior to A&M, but worked with us as a student um, when I got to Texas A&M and, and quickly found out that she was as good or better than most of the people that we had working full-time in the department. So um, as soon as she graduated, we, we hired her uh, into an re- assistant recruiting role um, so that she could begin to you know grow her career. And, and again, from uh, Bridgeport, Texas, Dallas area. Um, so you know, she was one that you just, you just knew the talent was there and all she needed was the opportunity to fulfill um, her dreams and what she wanted to do. And so uh, when I got this job here, um, we were, you know, we were looking, we had, we had some change and we were looking for, um, you know, just someone to come in and kind of take recruiting to the next level as far as an on-campus role goes. And so a lot like Larry, I, I, approached her and, you know, she's a, she's an AM grad and I didn't know, I didn't know if we would be able to, um, get to get her, and gold. But, she, <laughs> but she wound up um, thinking this was the best move for her. And, uh, you know, we, we were so fortunate to have her uh, just the personality is, is just outstanding. I mean, just her relationship skill, uh, the way that she communicates with people and prospects and just interacts. She, she kind of, she kind of holds this, holds this thing together, but at the same time, she's uh, extremely detail-oriented and, and really, really invested in what she does. So uh, really thankful to have those three individuals, and, and I think they all make us um, elite. And so it's been, uh, it's been fun working with them uh, so far to kind of create what our vision is for the program. If you need a trailer, Flat
2: Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the Big Tex Tandem Duels, we also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of Big Tex trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com.
0: Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics.
2: Continuing with Austin Thomas, Baylor Senior Associate AD for football. You mentioned uh, the NFL draft just completed as we record this this past weekend. Man, it was fun to watch, and uh, you ended up being 14 Baylor players signing, uh, either drafted or as free agents. Uh, 14 LSU players were drafted uh, over the weekend. Had it been fun for you to watch, and you know, and you've worked with so many of these guys.
3: It is, it's so fun. It's just a culmination um, of their hard work and everything that they've put in. It really doesn't have a lot to do with um, us or me in particular. I think it's a whole group of people that um, are able to help these young men grow and learn and and achieve their dreams. And um, the one thing that that I think help where we can help is just the the relationship piece, the relationships you form across the league, the, the ability to, talk to head coaches, to NFL executives, scouts, and, and give them um, kind of your take on, on these young men and where they've been and some of their background and how they've grown and how you've just seen them develop, not only as players, but as young people and young men. Um, I think that just helped so much. And so uh, it was, it, it was really fun to, to watch the draft and, and see um, all those guys from LSU get drafted and, and achieve their dreams because you sit in all their living rooms and that's what a lot of them talk about and so uh, to have that happen was cool but um, you know the Baylor, the Baylor side of things as well was, was amazing to see you know I think we were second in the conference uh, in, in total draft picks and uh, as far as signings you know we may have the most if not it's going to be close to the top as far as guys getting opportunity and I think um, that's, that's what this is all about. I mean, you know, coaching and developing these guys holistically, whether that's, you know, athletically, academically, spiritually, socially, and allowing them to have opportunity to go on and achieve their dreams. And, you know, they'll, they'll um, play football for a while, and then they'll move into, um, you know, the next phase of their life. But uh, that's why we're here. That, that's why, you know, we're called coaches in order to, to help them and uh, watch them aspire to achieve great things along the way.
0: With the results for Baylor in this draft, um, we just kind of finished up talking a little bit about recruiting and that current situation, but that has to help out, getting all those Baylor names, having Baylor University come across that board several times, um, and then just getting flooded on social media of how they're all getting this next opportunity.
3: Absolutely. It it, it all helps um, from a recruiting standpoint. I think it's, it's paramount to have success Uh, in the NFL and show that you're developing your players and getting them opportunity um, to go to the next level and and achieve their dreams. And and then at the end of the day, it's on them once they get that opportunity to make the most of it. Um, But it is, it's a big piece to what we're doing. I don't think that uh, many recruits these days will sit here and tell you that they don't dream of playing in the NFL. I think that that's, um, that's a big piece to, to the recruiting process. But at the same time, uh, like I just mentioned, you're trying to take a holistic approach in developing them so that when they do play their last down of football, they're able to transition into um, the next phase of their life easily. And, um, you know, again, ask us for anything that we can do to help make connections and, and help them, um, grow their professional career as well.
2: Austin, we touched on this early on, but, uh, now there's more, coaching so to speak going on off the field than there is on the field hopefully at some time in the near future we'll get everybody back together on the field Uh, but how that switch in focus right now you know keeping student athletes uh, eligible and working toward their degree and preparing champions for life all of those things I mean they're really crucial and there's a lot of things going on in that area right now.
3: Absolutely. I mean, and, and John, just to, to start, that all starts with Mac. And I mean, I think his vision and his communication and what he sees for the program and, and the Baylor standard that he has for us. And as you mentioned, preparing champions for life, um, he communicates that well. He communicates that effectively and um, his leadership makes it easy to kind of fall in line and, uh, you know, carry out the mission that that he has set forth for Baylor Athletics. So uh, Mac has been phenomenal as far as, you know, helping with uh, accountability and helping academically and helping make sure that we're providing the right resources right now, whether it's academically, nutritionally, um, you know, whether it's strength, uh, conditioning, whatever it may be, making sure that that we are uh, at the top or at the forefront of college football. As far as what we're doing and what we're able to do, and, and it goes back again. I've said this two or three times now. That holistic approach to you know academics and wellness, and um, I think of you know Kenny Boyd and, and some other people, Jeremiah Dickey and Jovan overshone the whole senior team that's really coming together to help us during this time because we need everybody. And uh, it, it, you're trying to keep track of 115 guys that are scattered throughout the country, and it, it makes it hard. It makes it difficult. So. Um, leadership from our administration has been phenomenal. Leadership from Coach Aranda and communication from Coach Aranda has been phenomenal. And I think that's been the key piece to kind of help guide us through um, this time, you know, the unprecedented for us all. So.
0: Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to MagnoliaRealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. I
2: hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa, draft, sun—they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue.
1: You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Nars and John Morris.
0: As uh, we talked earlier, we kind of broke down uh, the recruiting area of what you do, but you also, you know, as quote head coach off the field, um, you're overseeing everything. Kind of how you just mentioned strength, nutrition, medical equipment—you name it—you um, have your hand in it. For everyone, you know, that right now they're thinking of just what's happening with these guys. A lot of them are, you know, are they getting to meet with you guys? Are they getting to know this new coaching staff? Uh, But there's a lot of other pieces that are moving that maybe people aren't thinking about, whether they're getting the equipment they need or how they're getting those workouts sent to them or nutrition information. So, can you kind of walk us through a couple of those different aspects of the football program that maybe people, it's not on the forefront of their mind?
3: Sure, I mean, as you mentioned, Brooke, the, the support staff that we have is, is phenomenal and, and these people are just so selfless and they sacrifice so much time to help us and our players get what they need on a daily basis in order to have success and su- sustain the success that um, this program has had. So whether you're talking about academics and you know, having virtual tutors and you know, meetings and Emily Durat and Chris Johnson and that team of people and Marcus Sedberry, you know, just bringing all that to the forefront and giving us and and our players kind of daily updates and schedules on where they need to go, when they need to be there um, in order to kind of help manage during this time has been uh, amazing. From an academic standpoint, you talk about equipment and when our guys need, you know, different things, they have the addresses, they ship them, they're, you know, they're building boxes. And and those guys, again, have been selfless. They've been, you know, up at, up at school, pretty much every single day, trying to um, take care of the needs of, of different players, and it, it may be different on a weekly basis. But whether that's uh, shipping them, you know, the the bands that we were allowed to ship them in order to, um, you know, maintain some strength, and so that we're not starting from ground zero when they all report back to campus, or uh, the nutritional needs that have been approved by um, Juliana Buzzard and, and the administration that were able to provide the I mean, equipment, um, nutrition, strength. They're all working in unison as one to kind of create uh, an opportunity for us to sustain through this um, through this time. And it's been it's been amazing to watch these people go and, and help and just put everything aside to keep us moving forward during this time.
2: Austin, let's, uh, let's look ahead a little bit. We don't have a crystal ball, which we knew when we were all going to be back together here at the Simpson Building and get you guys back in the weight room and, and the, the Beecham Athletic and Nutrition Center and back on the practice fields. We don't really know that. But we didn't have spring, didn't have spring practice. How much do you feel like you are behind? I mean, how much do you think you miss there by not having a spring?
3: I, I, I think it hurts a little bit. Um, you know, I think I'd be lying if I sat here and, and told you that, you know, we didn't want to have spring or that it wouldn't help us learn our players or roster a little bit better. If uh, we didn't have spring, I think it's something that we all wanted to have. And, you know, we're, we were hopeful that when we came back, we would be able to have some type of spring. Um, I don't think that's going to happen at this point. So uh, we've kind of had to shift gears and just say, hey, that, you know, that's something that um, we lost, but at the same time, hey, let's make the most of the opportunity that we have in front of us and let's think outside the box and kind of create um, some ways to continue to move forward. And as we've talked about before, you know, just learning our players and, and learning our roster and kind of um, putting the pieces together so that when we do come back, we're able to move forward pretty quickly and uh, understand the pieces and and what we need to do and what we're trying to accomplish so that we can uh, build the best possible team for uh, this fall or, you know, whenever we play football again.
0: Obviously we don't know when that will be hopefully sooner rather than later, but looking ahead, obviously you're making the most of the situation that we're in right now. Is there any kind of plan of action or can you even start that for whenever you guys are back on the field yet? Because we don't know when that's going to be.
3: Yeah, we have we have a couple different models um, laid out based on information that's been given us given to us from um, the conference or, you know, the commissioner or, or the Power Five, um, you know, conference commissioners or NCAA. We're trying to just take all the different models, all the different research that's out there, and we've had a great team of people. Again, it, it's been a lot like I mentioned before, whether it's senior leadership and Mac and Jeremiah and Kenny Boyd and Coach Aranda and myself coming up with. Um, different plans and, and Corey Campbell in the, in the weight room, you know, just looking at the different models, how much time do we need to prepare to play? Um, but the thing that, you know, is most important is the safety and wellness of the student athlete. And so making sure that, that we take the proper amount of time to get them back um, at, at a level where we're comfortable putting them on a practice field and comfortable putting them um, in game type situations to ensure their health and safety uh, that's that's been uh, our primary focus but you know you can do some planning we, we've had three or four different scenarios that we're able to kind of lay out and so um, not that not that any of those might be the, the scenario that happened but just trying to take those once we get something concrete and develop a plan off of that so been a lot of a lot of planning and a lot of meetings and a lot of thought going into how um, it looks as far as return to play and when we get there and what that may look like for us, whether that's summer or fall or whatever it may be.
2: We can tell uh, listening to you today and, and visiting with coach Aranda also, you guys are very organized. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's the best thing you can do right now is right. is be ready, be organized. And then when they say go, you're ready to go.
3: I think so. I think that's the key right now is is staying organized and staying on top of it and, and, thinking critically about the different situations and you know the things that happen and as more information comes available um, not sitting and waiting and, and being reactionary we want to be you know proactive and make sure that we have plans in place and that uh, we, all we have to do is tweak things as, as we continue to move through the weeks and as we uh, gain more information and you know, we have our trust in, uh, in Mac and, and the ADs and, you know, the conference and and leadership around the country to make the best decision for um, college football. And from there, we're just going to be ready and prepared to um, roll it out. And and again, uh, make sure that our players and and our staff is ready to go once that, once that does happen. And we have kind of a a concrete plan.
0: A lot of football is done in the, in the classroom, so to say, watching film, breaking things down of that nature. Um, While you guys would, Prefer to be, you know, on the actual field. There is, is there, is it safe to call it almost a benefit? A little bit of a benefit because that's all you're getting to do right now is solely focus on that classroom work rather than having to kind of split the athlete's time on and off the field.
3: I, I don't know that I would call it a benefit, but I do think there are benefits to it if that makes sense, Brooke. Um, you know, not having a spring. Um, we really haven't had the risk of injury. So we're, we're relatively healthy as a roster, you know, guys working back from fall surgeries, guys working back from spring surgeries. Um, again, a lot of that is on them as far as getting through that and rehabbing and making sure that they are getting well and right. But uh, we're able to, you know, check in on those guys and make sure that they're doing what they need to as far as um, getting their rehab done. So from that standpoint, in an injury standpoint, I do think it's, um, it's good. And, and I do think it's good that we're able to continually, I think we've been through our you know first 10 installs. This is now the third time we've gone through it um, based on, you know, winter spring and now kind of late spring into into transitioning into summer Um, and we'll do it again during you know camp or wherever that may be so uh, to say that now we're going to have four times to kind of lay that foundation and go through that install I think that's uh, that's a positive but there is also um, an element of going out and actually running plays and you know seeing it live and, and whenever that happens it's just no no substitute for that so um, trying to, you know, again, lay that foundation, but at the same time realize that it's going to look a little different and the speed of the game and the processing is a little different when you're out there on the field and uh, things are moving really fast. So um, really looking forward to, to getting back and running some of those plays. But, yes, it has been good to, to be able to just take a mental approach to the game.
0: Well, we would love nothing more than to see you guys all out there, uh, getting, getting practicing and getting ready for the season and hopeful that will happen sooner rather than later, but kind of a staple we've started here. Um, we have a final question for you and with all this craziness with the coronavirus and everything going on, um, what are you looking forward to most when all of that clears up and Baylor athletics is finally back?
3: Um, the people seeing, seeing everybody again, being part of a team. I think it's easy, uh, in having been part of teams, you know, since I was five or six years old, um, there's a sense of identity that you lose. There's a sense of purpose that you can lose really easily during this time. Um, not being part of something that is, uh, collectively greater than yourself. And, um, I, that's the part that I miss the most. I miss interacting with you guys. I miss interacting with, um, our senior leadership team. I miss interacting with our staff and our players and just seeing everybody on a, on a daily basis. Um, so it really, really uh, is exciting to think about getting back and being part of, of a team again and being able to just interact with, with everyone and, and seeing how everyone's doing and the joy and and uh, everything that comes with that. So that's really uh, what I've missed the most and and looking forward to the most throughout this process. You just, you take it for granted until it's taken away. And so um, to go through something like this, I hope, and I think that we will all come out of it with a greater appreciation of each other and kind of, um, you know, the the love that we all share with with just interacting. And so we're all, I think we're all uh, as humans, you know, very, very social creatures, whether we are introverted or extroverted, Um, And I think uh, a time like this brings that to the forefront. So can't wait to get back up there. Can't wait to see everybody and can't wait to get moving forward.
2: Well, Austin, terrific to visit with you. Great to get to know you a little bit better. I know folks uh, enjoy hearing from you, and we can't wait for that either to get you back here in Waco and working full-time. Thanks for your time with us today.
3: Thank you, guys. This has been awesome. If there's anything I can do, y'all just let me know. But looking forward to seeing y'all again here soon.
2: Austin Thomas, Baylor Senior Associate AD for football, and that's this week's Sikkim Podcast, production of Baylor Athletics. Join us for another Sikkim Podcast this same time next week. For Brooke Bednarz and Austin Thomas, I'm John Morris. Thanks for being with us, and Sikkim Bears.
1: You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast. Presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco. Online at allensamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.